What's up, everyone? This is Jacob Moses, host of the Not Boring Tech Writer, where in each episode, we teach technical writers a different skill so they can enhance their skill sets, improve their marketability, diversify their career, and ultimately break the stereotype that technical writing is a boring career. This episode's skill, creating a human connection in your documentation. As technical writers, we've all read and perhaps written a boring document. That robot-like language, those walls of overwhelming text. And we're all familiar with the result. A disengaged reader who's likely missed the message. Enter John Esperian, freelance technical writer and director at the Society for Editors and Proofreaders out of South Wales, UK, who's going to share the elements that he believes makes all the difference between a boring and a not boring document. A human connection. Enjoy. Hello there, John. How are you doing today? Hi, Jacob. Great to hear from you, and thanks for inviting me on. Of course, of course. You, you having a peaceful afternoon in South Wales? Yeah, fantastic. Going really well, thank you. And uh, yeah, super pumped to appear on your show. This is one of my favorite podcasts, so really delighted to be here. Oh, John, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Glad you're <laughs> glad you're digging it. And as you know, it's it's been a few months since we've had an episode. And I'm just yeah, so excited. I know, I know. I've been slacking. But I'm just I'm so excited to be getting it back going and starting with you and the skill that you're going to share with listeners today, which is how they can create a human connection in their documentation. This is a super accessible skill with lots of action items. It's a super important skill as we're seeing more and more help pages become less and less formal. And that's something that you're going to help listeners make happen today. So I would, I would love to just start by talking about the traditional tone of end-user documentation and how that tone can limit the effectiveness of a doc. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, you know as well as I do that traditional user manuals have got this this perception, and it's a justified perception, of being really boring and really, really dry and I mean, as the title of your podcast goes, we want to be the not boring technical yeah. writers. We we want to we want to increase people's engagement. And the worst thing that you can do is write some grey, stuffy, boring content because realistically, no one's going to read it. They have a hard enough time getting excited about reading a manual anyway. But dry and boring content that's just going to kill your message stone dead. So we need to do something to lift that and trying to be a bit more engaging and a bit more human, I think is a good way, a good approach to that, uh, to that problem. Yes, I agree. And just with the conversation that we had preceding this podcast, we are humans writing to humans. And that's something that we often forget. So as we talk about creating this human connection in our documentation, what, what exactly does that mean? And how can it help make our documents more effective? Well, I think I think what we really need to do is is understand that we're writing for other real human beings. We're not writing for robots. And we just need to keep our language simple and we need most importantly to speak the language that our audience understands. So, 
I mean, each product and service is different and they, they each have their own user bases. But if you don't do enough to understand who you're talking to, you're never going to be able to communicate with them effectively. Sure, you can give them the facts, but you're not going to really reach them. So what I do with, um, with my clients is I spend a lot of time trying to do some research into who we're really talking to. And in fact, I've written a blog post about this called Pen Portraits. And we go into really, really fine detail to try and understand who we're reaching and the sort of language they might respond to and then try and build the documentation around that so that we can say something that feels relevant to them. And also, we need to make sure that we're consistent in the way we we produce our messaging. So there's no point in having a brand that's kind of fluffy and feely on the outside and their sales channel and then their tech docs are this dry, boring, uh, gray content. It has to be the same throughout. And understanding the customer means that you've got a better chance of of making things consistent all the way through. Yep. And John, thank you for referring to your, your blog post, Pen Portraits, for the listeners who are interested in that methodology that John uses to really understand his clients' customers. I'll include that in the show notes below this player. And John, you hit on a huge point, and that's whenever we think about tone, before we get head down in our documents, we need to take a step back and really understand the communication landscape within our entire organization. The, the last thing we want to do is have conflicting tones. And that's something that you have been able to solve with the pen portraits. Could you elaborate on the process of the pen portrait a little more? Okay, well, it's all about doing your user research. You want to, if you talk to everyone, then really you're kind of talking to no one. You have to write in a way that targets one person. So you think about who your ideal customer is. I call it Tony or Tina. And you try to get down to the fine detail about who that person is. Now, businesses can do that um, by talking to their previous customers. Most businesses have some previous customers to, to talk to. So they'll have one-on-one sessions. They'll do email surveys. They'll collect the kind of language that those people use. And they'll understand a bit more about them. And then we can talk in those terms. So that, that's really, really important. And the finer detail you go into, the easier it is to then look at any piece of documentation you create afterwards and say, what would Tony make of this? You know, is Tina going to like this? Is she going to buy more of this product? Or is she going to read more of this manual? Is she going to tell her friends that this content's really good? You should check these guys out. So that's what I keep in mind all the time. The finer detail you can go into to target one person, I think the better you'll do with your documentation. Yeah. And as, as we're talking about this process to understand the customer, a lot of listeners and even myself sometimes start to think about marketing copy and mm -hmm. technical writers are prone to really not liking marketing copy, take pride in our clear, concise language. But even though these elements are overlapping the way you get a better understanding of your customer, you're still staying true to that technical style, but you're just getting a better understanding of who you're writing to, which needs to be like the focal point of your docs. Yeah, that's right. I don't see a difference 
it might be a controversial view, but I don't see a difference between writing for the audience when you're marketing to them and writing for the audience when you're providing help and support to them. That's what technical documentation is. It's helping your existing customers by educating and informing them. You need to have the same voice everywhere. The brands that do that the best, you know, the, the people like Apple and Buffer and MailChimp, you know, before you even open a document, you know what's going to be in there. You know the way they write. And that consistency is so important. It, it builds trust and it makes you feel as though, yeah, this is, this is something I understand. I get this. I know what they're trying to say. They're talking to me and I'm going to pay attention. Yep. I love that, especially as we're seeing technical documentation actually becoming a marketing piece, a selling point to potential mm -hmm. customers, retaining customers. I mean, the tone that we take in documentation is becoming more and more important. And you hit on mobile. Being mobile first in your documentation is something that many tech writers, depending on your organization, should be considering. Because like you said, many people are referring to docs on the phone first. And yeah. in the call that preceded this, you said, hey, what looks good on desktop might be very unpleasant for the mobile reader. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we always try to be concise. I think any good technical writer will try to be concise. But in modern day technical writing, you have to remember that more and more people are using mobile devices. And in fact, I would say now more people are using mobile devices than desktop devices. So what didn't look like a lot of text on desktop before suddenly looks like a wall of text on mobile and no one is going to want to swipe through that so as well as building your human connection you have to be super clear and super brief in what you write otherwise people are going to switch off i think yep i completely agree so we've defined what it means to really create that human connection in your documentation there may be some listeners who are feeling good about it and envisioning their their documentation transforming but where do tech writers often slip up when they're trying to add this human connection and how, how can they remedy those errors? Well, for me, this is all about being authentic. You, to be human, you have to be authentic. You have to be you. And when you're representing a company, you have to, you have to write in the company's brand uh, voice. But there's a problem with that. Some people will just see, ah, human connection. Oh, okay, so we can, we can start putting slang in there. We can, start, we can start trying to be really cool. We can try to appeal to the, mill the millennials, the pre-millennials. You know, that we, can, we can talk the language of the street. Well, those There's generalizations. Things, yeah, I mean, th those things are not authentic. They don't really represent the brand. And... People will smell a rat. If you try to be too cool or too in your face where everything is radical or whatever the cool word of the day is, <laughs> it's just no one, no one's going to buy that. And if people see inauthenticity, that, that's just going to shut things down straight away. So you have to we do have to loosen up in the way that we write. But going too far down the other end of the spectrum is catastrophe. And, and John, this goes back to what we talked about in the beginning, and that's making sure that as the tech writer, whenever you decide what tone you're going to take in your documents, 
that it matches the tone of the organization. In your experience as a freelance tech writer, whenever a client has asked you to adopt X tone for its document, how have you understood the landscape of communication within the organization before you've gotten started? What's been your, your process? What steps have you taken? Well, I just try to consume as much of their existing content as I can. And this is what I always say when I, when I talk about technical writing prices. You know, the writing part is just the tip of the iceberg. The research part is what the good technical writers really, really do. They go deep. Yep. You know, that they, they find out exactly what's needed. They interview people. They read all of the white papers. They look at the forum posts. They see how a company organization, whatever it is, whoever it is they're writing for, they see how they talk and they have to try to to mirror that in their technical documents. So, yes, I'll, for my clients, I'll, I'll spend time in their forums. You know, I'll read their white papers. I'll go through every page on their website. I'll interview their people. And that gives me a sense of who they are and what they're trying to achieve. And, and that's what I try to bring out in the way that I write about their products and procedures. Yes. And, and, and mirror was a great verb, as you said, whenever you're, you're reading through the white papers, reading through the forums, because you gave yeah. that example of, say, an organization wanted to reach the millennials it's easy to make this generalization of the language of a millennial, that demographic, and then just apply what you think is the right language. But no, you said that you need to get into the white papers. You need to get into the forms, see that language, see the actual language that they're using, and then mirror that in your documents. And that's, as a tech writer, you can just feel so much more comfortable if you haven't haven't tried a, a, a different tone in your documents, and you feel more comfortable doing so, knowing that, oh, I'm actually seeing my customer use this type of language. Oh, we've been calling our product, we've been calling it this, but the user is using this word for it. I mean, that is that's those are huge insights that can really help the documentation. If I find the right kind of client, I mean, sometimes I'll look at their existing content and I might suggest to them, look, have you thought about pitching it like this, you know, suggesting a tone of voice change that would permeate everything they do. And some customers are switched on enough to know that, yeah, maybe we weren't doing things right before. Maybe we need to write technical documents in this way that you're suggesting, but we also need to apply those principles to everything else we do. And those are the best customers because they're the ones who see the value in, in communicating the same voice everywhere. Yes, that's beautiful, John. And another thing that the tech writer needs to consider whenever they are creating simpler documents is not to be condescending. And you made a great note of this in the call that preceded this interview that I'd love for you to elaborate on. Yeah, well, I think it's easy to fall into the trap of assuming that because something is simple for you, the clever tech writer, it's going to be simple for every member of the audience. And we just know that that isn't true. People don't respond to procedures that start with, you know, follow this simple process. Mm -hmm. What's simple to, to us isn't simple to everyone. And this is just another example of, of trying to show some empathy and trying to show some humanity in your, in your content. Don't be condescending to people because you might 
end up turning them off and they get stuck at step three and then they feel like a failure and then they put the document away and they never touch the product again. That's a disaster. That, that's what every tech writer should want to avoid. So we need to try to be inclusive and just be mindful that um, people of different abilities will be reading your content and you need to, to just show a bit of empathy and understanding of the challenges they may face. Yeah, and it, it's, it's a matter of telling versus showing which is like the tech writer's mantra. You can, yeah. if, if you want a process to be perceived as, as an easy process, you can't just tell them, follow these three easy steps. You need to structure your document in a way that shows them that, that, that they, can, they can rest in the fact that, okay, I am capable of completing this. And then if, and then if they can't, you find ways to, to tweak the document, but just telling them that's going to be easy, telling them that's going to be simple, doesn't mean, like you said, that's going to be simple for everyone. And we need to be mindful of that as tech writers. Yeah, absolutely right. I think show, don't tell is is, is a mantra for every writer to use, yeah. to be honest. Well, John, this has been wonderful. And I, I really appreciate you sharing your expertise. I know you've worked worked with many clients, probably have used all sorts of different tones in your documents, but kept that core of simplicity. As we wrap up, what are some final thoughts, a little overview, some action items that you like to give listeners so they can begin applying that human connection to their documentation today? Well, the first two things I would say just apply to every form of technical writing, I think, which is to always simplify and always shorten if you can, mm -hmm. because attention spans are going down. You know, you don't have much time to grab people's attentions these days, and especially with, with the rise of mobile. So simplify and shorten as much as you can. And go deep with your customer profile so that you can, you can show that empathy by understanding who you're writing to. And that way, with my Pen Portraits blog, for example, you'll be able to provide a lot more value, you'll get more engagement, and people will enjoy reading the documents just that bit more. And that might mean that they become a more loyal customer, it might mean that they become someone who is a brand advocate. These are wonderful things to try to encourage. And if tech writers can do that, then customers will start putting more value into us, and will start paying us more, and just giving us a bit more respect, I guess. Boom. I love it. John, for listeners, where can they find you on the internet if they want to learn more about you, more of the work that you're doing, find more posts like the Pen Portraits blog post that you released? Where can people find you? Sure. Well, I'm blessed with a very unusual surname. So <laughs> I'm I'm Esperian everywhere. My my network of choice is Twitter. So come and follow me on at Esperian. I'll be glad to have a chat with you there. I also use LinkedIn and Facebook, as most people do. And of course, I've got my own website and blog. But if you search for Esperian, then you'll find me very, very quickly. And I'd love to hear from you. Very good. Well, John, thank you so much for, for sharing your expertise, dropping wisdom on us. Uh, a lot of great action items that we can take away. And it's been a pleasure talking with you, per usual. It's my pleasure, Jacob. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Of course, John. Talk soon.